Let me tell you a secret. Veterans are entering a world full of opportunity, but you can only participate if you know the tricks of personal branding, leveraging your skills in the modern digital economy, and most importantly, positioning your benefits and assets to give you financial control when you stop following orders. I'm Scott Tucker, and I'm here to tell you what they don't want you to know. Welcome to Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we show you how to go from apathy and aspiration to autonomy and financial control. Scott Tucker here again with Veteran Wealth Secrets, where we're here to, to talk about the various opportunities in the modern economy for veterans and how we have the mindset to overcome some of the limiting beliefs and, and doubts we might have about what we could or should want to do after the military. And maybe sometimes your military skills don't always translate to the new civilian world that you're in, but sometimes they do. And in this case, I'm so excited to have our guest, Pr Private Chef Ronaldo Linares. He is in the New Jersey area providing clients with gourmet meals that are healthy, make them feel great, and aid in their life development. He, he likes to say he lives life like he does his cooking with modern techniques, modern techniques with ancestral flavors. Ronaldo, thank you so much for joining us. I love that statement. I saw it on your website. I was like, ooh, that equates to so many things. If we bring it down to, to what the veteran's going through and we think, okay, we get things like leadership skills and hard work ethics, but then we show up in this new world that we're in you're not just a chef you're an influencer you've taken out you you do all, your online personality and stuff like that so i want to i want to hear your thoughts on all that stuff but first i think what makes you unique is you didn't take your military skills out of the civilian world you took your civilian skills as a kid learning as a chef from your father into the military refined it and uh took them back out again and have obviously had a great career doing so. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? How'd you end up in the U.S. Marines <laughs> from that background? <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Your wealth uh, is it's a pleasure, honor. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, and I hope you guys are, are eating good food, staying safe, especially during this COVID age, particularly. But anyway, man, yeah, I, I took my skills. To answer your question, I took my skills that I learned as a, as a kid watching my father, being on my father's step, being on a milk crate, standing, peeling potatoes. And I've always been very observant. I feel like I've been a sponge all my life. And I, I, as a kid, I always grab things. Oh, that looks important. Let me, let me put that in the toolbox. That looks important. So I did that through life. And in the, as, a, as a kid, I didn't understand why I did it, but I felt it was important for something. Mm -hmm. As I got older and growing in Colombia, growing through times, very bad times. It, mm -hmm. it makes what we're living through today a cakewalk. I lived through yeah. the Apollo Escobar era of the cartel wars. And as a kid, wow. I saw things that kids should not see. I saw people get killed, assassinated. I saw dead bodies. We almost got killed. And, and the reason we left Colombia, because Apollo Escobar was targeting American families living there. So we were actually being targeted to make whatever point he was trying to make. Yeah, uh, so yeah. anybody that had American ties, they were they were targeting them. So we had to leave Colombia with nothing. We had to sell everything half a penny to the dollar. Mm -hmm. So 0.5 seconds 
to the dollar. And when we got here, we were homeless. And for a couple of years until we, you know, got back to our feet, got in, back into the food business. And we developed this restaurant that we were able to use what we did in Colombia here in the States and grow that and create our American dream, create mm-hmm. what we we wanted to do. And that is thanks to my father's never giving up attitude. He was a Marine himself. He was in the Bay of Pigs. He was he oh, was POW wow. in the Bay of Pigs for three years in the Cuban jails. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, he, my father went into, he went like 160 pounds, came out like 98 pounds out of the jails. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. There's articles of him, man. Martin Reyes, Reynaldo Linares. Uh, he's actually in the American history books. So it's okay. pretty cool. I'm yeah. a huge history buff, so I'm I'm uh, definitely going to look that look up. And up. I, I, yeah, is that how, why you got into the food business? Is I'm never going hungry again? <laughs> no, man. The food business is it's always been around food. He he's no, he was so before that he was a chef out in in, in Cuba and Havana, and then like the whole Fidel Castro thing happened, and then like he left, and then he saw an opportunity to get Cuba back, and he he's like he was he was in the Marine Corps prior to that. And then they hired, brought him on like a mm-hmm. mercenary, pretty much, to try to overthrow Fidel Castro. And right. uh, we all know what happened with the JFK administration and all that. We don't want to yep. talk about that, but <laughs> that's what happened. But I, that attracted me, right? That attracted me because uh, to food, because I saw what food does to this human spirit, mm-hmm. what it could do to you, how it could heal you. And throughout my life, it's just been a constant, man. It's always been there, food. So I've taken that and. I've molded that with everything I've done. Some way, somehow, food is part of my growth, of my career growth, of just that that growth mindset, as you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So I brought that into the military. I brought that into the Marine Corps. I was a food service specialist there. Everyone will make fun of me. Like, you actually signed up to be a food service specialist? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have a plan, right? They were, they were laughing at me. They're like, did you come mm-hmm. in open contract? Because you know the deal, bro. You're up in mm-hmm. contract in Marine Corps, you're a cook or you're an infantry. But I actually signed up for it. But I have a plan. I had a plan. They didn't understand that. And I tried, I remember I tried to ex- explain that to somebody and they chuckled and laughed. And that's the first time I experienced, which I'll talk about later with the whole inner critic and everything, mm-hmm. where doubt in what I needed to do. Oh, and okay. as a young kid, as a young kid, man, you're 18 years old with this vision and you have somebody that's older telling you like that's ridiculous you battle that you know yeah and then when you suffer from anxiety and then later on throughout the military career and then my ptsd as a kid from being shot out being almost stabbed seeing people get killed and then the yeah. marine corps ptsd and then the anxiety and then all that it's a lot going on in here right and right to be able to conquer that oh my god bro it was tough it was yeah i'm it's weird. I think so often when, when when our elders are gaslighting us or whatever, when they say, oh, you can't do that, it's their own self-doubt and, and stuff. And, and they just refuse to get over their struggles. But gosh, so many stories like yours you hear about in America, coming to America with nothing, in distress, and yet it, it tends to be those are the 
stories that end up being the, the most successful. We talked a little bit be, before the show about like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, following his dad in a wine store. And, and now he's just huge. And he, they had nothing. He was working 18 hours a day for seven days a week. And so I, I want to expound upon that, your story a little bit, because you have this great video on your website. I think everybody should go check it out where you talk about the American dream. What does that mean to you? Oh, man, just the word itself, it gives me chills straight up. American dream to me is being able to, to in, in, simple, in simple terms, to cre live your life on your terms. Yeah. To create a life, but live it on your terms. And it has so long to mm -hmm. understand that, to figure that out, to finally uh, say enough's enough. I've got to stop doing things for other people. I was mm -hmm. doing things for my mother, for my father, for my brothers. I was always worried about others while my wife, my kids were like, hey, we're here. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I had this plan and I was killing myself. And then finally, I the, the whole restaurant, the lease was coming up and things were happening. The, the landlord wanted to triple our rent because we were successful. And mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do it no more. I was tired. I was like, I was getting, I was starting to hate cooking, man. I was like, I don't want to do this no more. Oh, wow. And at that point, I was like, I decided, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done, guys. I can't do this mm -hmm. no more. I, there's no enjoyment in this. I mm -hmm. would get home, and this is, and my heart goes out to restaurant owners right now because yeah. they're working endless hours to just maintain not only the restaurant, their employees to make sure they're good to go and also their family. So like anyone listening to this, go support your local restaurant, buy from them, purchase from them. Uh, it goes a long way. It truly mm -hmm. goes a long way. Uh, stop going to Chick-fil-A. Stop making those damn people rich. Yeah. Go to your local restaurant. It's ridiculous. The lines are, are insane. But anyway, so I finally, I got a coach. I had to get a, a coach for six months because... I went from a structured lifestyle. You know how it is for us military, man. Mm -hmm. Like we love structure. We love right, right. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's it. We're okay. That's what we're doing. Good to go. So in as a chef, as a, a restaurant owner, like the days are the same. Nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Except a few things here and there, but typically it's the same. When you get out of there, it's I was like left with a blank, you know, piece of paper. You know, and then and then this just I, I didn't plan this. This is just going through my head. And then this is like <laughs> kids' drawings anyway. So it's like yeah. me in this box over here. And they're like, what's going on here? And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I like, I need to do that. And then my coach, Jorge Cortijo, amazing. He has this chef concept, right? Acronym CHEF. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a chef, which stands for career, health, education, and family. Mm -hmm. So you live, you start to live in your life on these blocks, right? So I started to do that. And then down the line, he asked me, I went on vacation. I went on a vacation, bro. I went on a vacation. Right. For 10, <laughs> I went on a cruise for 10 days. And I didn't have to worry about nothing. I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to worry about mm -hmm. not, not. I was just present. And when I came back, he asked me, Ronaldo, what was your favorite part about your vacation? And I was like, bro, I didn't. I just got up and did whatever. I went and worked out. I ran around the ship. We ate ice cream. We laid at the pool. We, I don't know. We just did nothing. Is it so you lived your life on your terms, you would say, right? It's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that how can you do that in your present life, in your everyday life? I'll grab my journal, right? My self journal. Where is it? I grab my, I'll grab my, bro. Get out of there, man. Get out. Get out. All right. So I'll grab my self journal, right? Mm -hmm. here. And then I'll write everything down. 
And he's like, you just told me that you love your life without having to plan stuff out. So I'm like, you got to think about it. This is your homework. So I'm like, damn it, more homework. We got off, come back. And I finally, I was like, I know what you mean. You, you're telling me I have to live my life on my terms mm-hmm. when I do things, when I block things out. So the whole chef concept clicked. So like I spend an extra amount of hours in my career every day. I spend time on my health and that is meal prepping, exercising, uh, uh, morning stretch flow, yoga flow, you know, like getting my, writing my stuff down, doing my to do's, my in progress for like on a weekly basis, you know, just mm-hmm. really putting that. And then that allows me to do other things on my terms, meaning my family blocking the rest of the day at six thirty-seven and just being present and not worrying mm-hmm. about nothing else. So that right there was huge, bro. To be able to understand you could live your life on your terms. And yeah. and then what comes there, you stop worrying about, oh, I need to make this amount of money. I need to do this. Oh, I have to, like the whole, like Gary says, keep up with the Joneses. You block all that out, life just, it flows, man. It flows really nice. Yeah, no, I'm starting to experience that myself. I, I kind of went through the same thing because it's like when we come out of the military, we're so used to, we don't consider it a job. It is in a way because we're getting paid, but ultimately we're serving where there's tons of structure, there's orders to follow, there's SOPs and telling you how to do things, basically how to live your life. Yep. And then we get out and we think we're this you know quiet professional. That's not for me. I'm not supposed to do that. And so we're funneled down this path of, work to live. And they're never even taught about the concept that you just, you know, eloquently described, live to work, have your life first, but you got to figure out how to do that. And I think for me, myself, it just in my head, I was telling myself, no, that's not, you can't do it. You're not good enough. Tell us what you wanted to talk about today on how do we silence that inner critic that's preventing us from just going, oh, look over there. Oh, that's going on. Like, maybe I could try that. Like it's, it's, there's a whole new world out there and I just want veterans to say, I want to try it. Yeah. My veterans that are getting out now, veterans that, that some deployments that came back safe. I know you go through a lot, man. You go through mm-hmm. self-doubt. You go through feeling different, feeling as an outcast that you yourself cannot conform to this guidelines as a civilian, right? Because you look mm-hmm. at, at civilians, Marine Corps, you know, nasty civilians, right? Like you look at them, their they're, uh, shirts on talk, they're, they're closed <laughs> around. There's no pride. There's no physical pride. They're, they're mm-hmm. not taking care of themselves, not physically fit. It's a lot of... Oh, you just cut out. What happened? Okay, you're back. I'm back. Do you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Uh, COVID. That was COVID. <laughs> hey, so many people on the internet today, probably. Yeah. But anyway, man, no, the critic. When I talk about the inner critic, something that one of uh, a lady that spoke through, like my transition to this new life, she talked about the critic. And the inner critic, man, it, it cripples you. That voice, that person telling you, you can't do that. That's ridiculous. You're not smart enough for that. Oh, that doesn't work. One of the things that, Talk to people that have done it. Talk to people that have been there. Don't talk to your friend that is still pumping gas or still just living his life as this, which it's fine. I have Mm. all respect to that. But don't expect to get the answer you want to hear. Talk to people that are successful, that have 
done it. If they done it, even better because it could give you better insight. When I was writing my book, my first book, Chef Ronaldo Saores de Cuba, with the American Diabetes Association, I spoke to all the book authors. I didn't speak to 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 my brother, to a you know friend down the street, be like, hey, I'm writing this book. They're like, oh, it's too hard. It's too many. What are you gonna write about? <laughs> I, I, I'm like, you know, you're right. It's too hard. I can't. And that's when that inner critic comes and it starts talking to you. Oh, you can't do that. You're not good enough for that. Mm. How are you gonna conquer that? Oh, why wake up at five thirty? Just wake up at six thirty. It's the same thing, right? You could sleep. Why are you gonna exercise? Why are you gonna go out on a date with your wife? Why are you going to read that book? What is it gonna give you? It's not gonna give you anything. Mm. All those things are constant. That is what I mean. That inner critic. But as soon as you start taking control of that inner critic and stop that inner critic at its tracks, you start developing that muscle memory. You start developing that, that habit of as soon as it starts coming, it goes away, right? That inner critic silence. You silence mm-hmm. the inner critic. And then you and you make it your inner motivator, your inner friend. And, and get excited about you wake up at 5.30. Yes, let's go. Let's go get a stretch. Mm-hmm. We got to eat. We got to get the boys ready. We got to be out the house by 0800. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to get out there. And that's what I mean about conquering that. Once you conquer your inner critic, once you're able to tell, to turn your inner critic into your friend, into your inner, I don't know, inner friend, inner buddy, yeah, yeah. your bud, where he agrees with you, where he helps you get up when you're about to give up, when you're about to quit, when you don't feel like, I don't working out today. No, we have to work out today. This is when you make the money. This is when you don't want to do it. That's even better. And that's what happens. That's what I mean about turning that inner critic into your friend. And when that happens, life and business become better. Life and Mm -hmm. business become one. And you're able to do everything on your terms. Not on society's terms, not on the on the terms that you were set forth by your critic, because your critic could be your biggest downfall, because it's always there. So why not turn it into something positive, where it's gonna help you and push you to do even greater things? Yeah, I mean, our, I think our inner critic is comes from society's expectations, as you just said. Oh, you're supposed to live this way. If you listen to your friends, I had a friend call me a snake oil salesman. And I was just like, oh, you don't understand like how this whole thing works at all. And that's like you said, go find the people who are already doing it. Oh my gosh, hire a coach versus go into a free transition resource that where they're having everybody do the exact same thing, because these things will help you find who you are and how do you conquer those inner limiting beliefs. And for me, it was, I remember when I first was like, okay, I got to do a website. And then my web designer said, okay, when you start blogging, and I was like, blogging, I, I don't got anything to write about. But, <laughs> but then I went to, a, I hired a coach and he taught me a system of how to write a book in 90 days. And really? I was like, oh, it's a system. Well, I did that in the military. Yeah, I can yeah, follow yeah, yeah. a system. Yeah. But at the end of it, I had created something myself. I'm curious, do you, you've been talking about the steps you'd have. Do you have, do you have specific systems that you've been implying? Yeah, oh, definitely. Like the biggest mm-hmm. system, the newest system will have to be one, taking the chef methodology, a career, health, education, family, and implementing it into my everyday life systems so i actually uh, i don't know if you have you heard of the best self journal any chance 
No. No. So it's like, it it's an everyday life journal. So this is pretty much, this is for Q. So it has, hold on a second, hold on. So it has, in the beginning of it, so this is how it looks like. Mm -hmm. And it has these little awesome strands, three of them, which separate to three separate parts of the book. And then what happens is you set your quarter up, like your first quarter goal. So you have your your result goal, like what you want to happen at the end of first mm -hmm. quarter. Like you put yourself at the end of the quarter, right? So you do your progress goal, what you need to do in order to get to that goal. Then you do your action and task. So you break that goal down into three parts. And then uh, from here, from this progress goal, one, two, three, you break that down here even further. So what do I need to do with those progress goals in order to get to my result goal? Mm -hmm. So you set that forward for the first Q1. So this is for one quarter. And then you just every day, you have to do your daily routine. So you have your daily routine and at the and then what you want to complete that day on your goals. At the end of the day, how do your day went? What was the main motivator? Like what was the biggest accomplishment that day? And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you reflect, you know, like what did you get out of it? What's your favorite part of the day? And then day is purposeful to get to that end goal at the end of the 12 weeks and that mm -hmm. makes sense so that is the system that i use and it works on anything so for example we right now we're putting together a business for a me and my wife we're putting together our first venture which is pretty exciting we're doing a we're going to be doing a t-shirt company and then we'll hopefully the guy will be launching that uh, next month. So we're putting everything together now, all the behind the scenes work. And it's something unique, it's not out there. And it's something that I think will grab. I know it's going to grab. It is, again, obviously it's gonna be food related, but it's, mm -hmm. it's gonna be dope. Uh, so that's something that we're doing right now. And it's using the same system. And it is cool because once you learn that, bro, mm -hmm. oh my God, you plug and play. And that's again, uh, I learned that from Jorge Cortijo from the Kairos system. K-Y-R-O-S, man. That guy, brilliant guy. Military. Oh, okay. Um, he'll be retiring in a few years, I think, from the military. And then he has his, this coaching business. And it's truly has it changed my life. Changed my life uh, completely. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, hey, what's the mission objective? How do we backwards plan to get there? And by the way, let's do an after action review after it's all over and see how it went and how, how we that, can approve. That's pretty much it, man. We already we know this stuff, but we, we're going to forget it because we get confused when we show up in the civilian world. Find those people, those systems that you can uh, apply for yourself to get what you want because clearly it's, oh, I see that somebody else is doing it. That means you can too. You know, so you yeah. should never, and never think you can't. Yeah, man. And like to the veterans, and this is strictly for veterans. And hopefully I, I, this is a great podcast. I, I think it helps a lot of veterans out to understand that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be use those systems. You've mm -hmm. been engraved, embedded with those systems. Why are you going to change something that's yeah. worked for you in the military <laughs> into the veteran world? You So one of the best things about like when I was in the Marine Corps, you have the people adapt to you. You're the leader. You mm. lead by example. You get to any corporation, any business, you start your own business, put those systems in place. Just mm. adapt it to the civilian world and to that uh, work environment. Of course, we cannot be all gone ho Hey, what are you doing? You need to get your revenue. That can't happen. The world is different. They're very, they're 
they're different. Okay. We're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're different. So you have to speak differently, but that does not mean you cannot implement those leadership tactics. And one of the things that I've been able, which I had an issue with when I got out of the Marine Corps, when I went to the restaurant, I didn't speak about, I mm-hmm. was, I thought that if I can bring that same mentality of like motivator, hoorah, let's get it. Let's. Cry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I see somebody slacking off. Hey, what are you? You blah, blah, blah. and that, and then people are like, "Why is he yelling at me?" I'm like, "I'm not yelling, bro. I'm just talking to you." Or Cubans, I'm not yelling. I'm Cuban, but that wasn't working. My mother was like, "Listen, you need to change or go find another job or whatever." I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. So then I had to change my thought process. And then what I, and I think this is a great advice for veterans, man. This is this makes a great point. I think becoming a servant leader. Yeah. Man, you're able, if you're able to, as a veteran, just transform your leadership tactics a little bit, just enough where you could change your gun hole, ooh, rah, bah, 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 into becoming a servant leader mm-hmm. and understanding that servant part, anywhere you're at, any business, you will become great. And that's like my wife, she works in the corporate world. She's uh, an executive in the corporate world. And, she uses the serving leadership tactic mm-hmm. with her teams and it works flawlessly because they see you doing the work, leading by example, you're there for them as well, the serving part, and then they feel impelled to give you their all mm-hmm. because you're trying to, to uplift them. You're trying to get them to a greater spot and making them understand, hey, if it comes to the day that you feel that you have grown this place, that you need to be do better things, go ahead, go do them. And being able to give that power to the employee is going to make your business that much more successful. And you're going to have people be that much more loyal to you. And then, and then the, the word gets out, right? The word of mouth and in the mm-hmm. marketing and, and all that comes out around you. And I think that's why a lot of people, I have the respect of people because I am like that with everyone. I, I just, the the way I am. And I think there's Mm -hmm. no other way to be and it works. It works. Yeah. Hey, you're doing it right now. Drop it a a ton of insight and knowledge. It's straight out of Cialdini's book, Influence, that one of the best persuasion techniques is not to yell at people. You better do this. It's to be a, a, a go giver. And then when people see the value you give them, they want to reciprocate. And that's ultimately how the best types of leadership, which all leadership is persuasion. You got to persuade people to, to follow you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing, sharing your story. Gosh, I'm looking forward to following you more and, and, and learning more about that, especially your dad. But tell us what's next for you. What are the next three years? It looks like you're making some big changes, some big moves. What, what are the next three years look like um, for you? So that, so definitely getting this new business off the ground and mm-hmm. God willing in the next year, the next three years, it gets to the point where we wanted to get a successful and a brand that everybody's going to start recognizing. Cool. And then for personally, just keep continuing to be a, a great father and a great husband and, and grow our family and get us to a, another place in three years where we're that much more comfortable uh, living that great life and living on our terms. And thirdly, you know, just continue to make amazing food and continue to grow the clientele base and getting those clients that it's like 
those those clients that you're like, holy crap, I'm cooking for this person. That's mm-hmm. the cool part, man. I, I think that's one of the, the best parts. I have a, I have one of my clients that when I, I go to their building, I'm just, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's crazy and the respect you gather for them and they're sending you pictures of the food. They're like, hey, this is, and it's, that's very gratifying. It's, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I just want more of those moments. I want more of those moments where I could mm-hmm. keep keep doing that. And, and that's where it, it's simplistic, but very complicated at the same time, what I would love in the next uh, three years. Yeah, no, you, you've certainly done it. And you position yourself to be able to go cook for those people because uh, you, you put yourself out there. You became an influencer. And, and that's what anybody in any field can do if they learn the skill sets and, and, and apply it and say, hey, this is what I'm about. If you're interested, let me know. How, how do people contact you? Who should be contacting you? Who should be contacting me? People that are hungry, 100%. Those that <laughs> require uh, a beautiful Michelin service dinner, private dinner at their home. Executives, 100%. Executives that are short on time, that are making their health a priority, that are taking the time to hire a, a personal coach, hire a personal uh, chef, hire me. I uh, mm-hmm. are here in New Jersey, New York to come and I prepare gourmet meals for you every day for, you know, breakfast, lunch, whatever it is. Definitely that uh, those are the people that I'm definitely uh, looking for and just keep following and, and, and keep hopefully I inspire you to to do better, to become a better human, man. That's all, that's all I, I want. That's all I'm happy for. Awesome. I love it and really appreciate it. Not only veterans, but America needs more of that message uh, these days for sure. But we will survive. That's good. Uh, but if you know what you want and you go after it, we can shut out some of this other noise, right? <laughs> no, 100%, man. I think that's the key. One of the, I talked to a lot of my friends and their positioning on, on political and precedents and stuff like that your commanding officer is your commanding officer mm. and it's crazy as military whoever is there as your commanding officer you're you got to respect your you have to respect that uh and i think that right now it is crucial that we become one and find ways to be able to everyone to work together to push it together and and stop judging because one likes one and one likes this it's so it's so silly i come from a war torn country i i I come from a place where you could you couldn't go to get meat because you could probably get killed and here we're the things you're complaining about here i i a family that are on rations in 2020 oh they could only have meat once a month and here we are complaining about and fighting about things that are very insignificant at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. there's images, there are images. And this is why I'm okay tomorrow if I have to slip in a foxhole for 14 days. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. I don't care. Because you know what I think about, my man? I think about that little five-year-old kid. When I would, we will go out to vacation and there's little uh, dumps, right, up the mountain. Little dumps where you put the garbage in and in Colombia, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's families living in the dump on the garbage in a tin home. And the five-year-old kid, along with the mom, they have a little stick with a with a pick at the end, picking out the best food out of the dump. From the trash. Eat. 
Yeah, things could certainly you know get. Saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's what happened to Rome. In a prosperous society, people are going to have, have a horrible perspective on how much worse things could get. And ultimately, they end up creating it yeah. because of, of the infighting that might occur. But he- heavy, but real thing to think about on Thanksgiving oh, Day. I mean, right? Yeah. You got to be thankful. I know it's he- yeah, I know it's having, it's not the popular thing to talk about. Life yeah. is life. And and one thing, like, we're used to living here a certain way. I catch myself sometimes being a little too bougie. <laughs> what are you doing, Ronaldo? That's not you. It's just mm-hmm. the way we live. And I'm happy that I, the life I've created, I am not apologizing for that at all because I have busted, yeah. busted my hump to get where I'm at. But I do not lose sight. I do not lose sight of the people that are still doing that. And, and that's what I do. That's what I try to become a human. That's why I am a humanitarian. That's why I am a community motivator. That's what I am mm-hmm. a, a community conduit. You know what I mean? That's why I still do those things. And that's why I don't mind to give. It, it, it's human nature for me. And at the end of the day, when we all die, my friend, whether mm-hmm. you are richer than rich and poorer than poor, and I and this is what Pastor said during a sermon. He's like, the worms that are going to eat you, <laughs> pointing at the rich guy and gonna eat you, pointing at the poor guy, are the same worms. Right. There's no hot. There's no or or poor worms. It's the same worm that's eating you, bro. So what you do in this earth while you're alive is very important. Very important. No, I- no, you you are right, Ronaldo. Thank you so much. I think that's a great piece of inspiration to to end it on. And and I put your website there, so check out RonaldoLinares.com. And uh, really appreciate. It. Thanks again, man. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Veteran Well Secrets. Be sure to subscribe to us on all the podcast channels, also on YouTube, and share it with a friend. Visit our website at usvetwealth.com to get access to all of our free resources, including the first three chapters of Veteran Wealth Secrets, the post-military guide to gaining autonomy and control. You can get that today on our website, first three chapters for free, or you can go to amazon.com if you want the Kindle or paperback. We have other resources all over the website, so check out usvetwealth.com to learn more.